Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. My name is Parker Manuel, pastor here at Pinewood Church. So glad to be back with you today. Have you enjoyed all of our incredible preachers that we've had preaching for us over the last few weeks? I keep hearing people tell me more and more that Joe Young brought a fire message last week. I hope that that was a blessing to you. Just want to honor him. Has an amazing gift over his life. Welcome to Pinewood. We're so glad that you're here. Also want to welcome everybody that is watching online. We're so glad that you're here as well. You are every much a part of what God is doing as those that are here today. So we're so glad that you're joining us. And if you're a guest with us today, we're especially glad that you're here. We know that it can be extremely intimidating walking into a new space with a lot of new people outdoors. You have no idea what to expect. So I just want to honor you and say that we hope that you feel like a very special guest. We want to get to know you. We want to be friends. So make sure that you fill out a connect card. We're continuing our series minute by minute. Things are changing quickly. And I believe that as things change minute by minute, we need to lean in to our relationship with God minute by minute, that it matters more now than ever before, that we stay close to God, listening to God and in personal relationship with Him. So last weekend, we talked about calling. The weekend before that, we talked about the importance of God's Word. Today, we're going to be looking at Psalms chapter 34. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. Psalms chapter 34. And we're going to be looking at praise. Praise, praise and worship. Not just praise as in the posture of our hearts, but actually singing praise. How many of you know that music sets the atmosphere? It creates and changes whatever atmosphere you're in. So for example, you show up today and we have worship music. It changes the atmosphere. Although we're outside with this beautiful view, we start singing praises and it becomes church. It shifts the atmosphere. God's presence falls and here worshiping Jesus, looking out at these beautiful mountains, feeling this beautiful Holy Spirit breeze, fall breeze hitting us today. Isn't it nice? I love it. I love fall in Colorado. But how many of you know, too, whenever you're in your house and and things just feel crazy and chaotic, I know my wife does this a lot, Uh, I'll hear her say, turn on Jonathan Ogden, which is this nice chill music. Or she'll put on some like uh, the new Bethel album piece. And it's just like, it's just, she's trying to bring the atmosphere down a little bit. Although it's crazy in the house, music can change the atmosphere. How about whenever you're at a party and you can kind of tell people aren't really, you know, in the party mood. It kind of feels like a cocktail party. I want it to be a throwdown party. So what do you do? You put a little like get crunk on, you know, a little bit of dance. Amen. Uh, a little get low. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, okay. And it shifts the atmosphere. And it changes the atmosphere. And I believe that praise does the same thing 
in our lives, not just in the atmosphere, but with our attitudes as well. Praise starts from the outside with our lips, but then it begins to make its way into our heart and changes from the inside out. So let's look at Psalms chapter 34. This is a Psalm of David after he had had a pretty rowdy encounter with the Philistines in Gath. You're like, what did you just say? Philistines, Gath. Okay, this this group of people in this place, he had this encounter. It didn't go so well for him, so we retreated to the mountains, and he retreated into this cave. And it was when he was in this cave, he wrote this psalm. You can find out more of that story in 1 Samuel chapter 21. And it was when he was writing this psalm in this cave, it was more about encountering God's presence in times of trial. So he was feeling kind of overwhelmed in a sense of trial. And he wrote this psalm saying, God, I need you to rescue me. God, I need more of your presence in my life. This is one of the most quoted psalms in the entire New Testament. You'll see this psalm repeated over and over and over again. And you'll honestly see this song in many of the worship songs that we sing today. Psalms 34 verses 1 through 5. If you don't have a Bible, I highly encourage you to download the YouVersion app. It's a free app on your phone. Uh, If that's what you're doing right now, I'll just assume you're looking at the Bible, not scrolling Instagram. You know, we're all in the Bible together. Let's lean in. I will bless the Lord at all times. Everybody say all times. times. Amen. I just want that to sink in. His praises will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he rescued me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. Let's pray and then I want us to spend a few minutes diving into this text together. God, we're so thankful for your word, the power in it. We're so thankful for praise that we can come here today and no matter how we came, we can lift our voices to you and we can feel things begin to shift. God, it's not the words, it's your presence that we need. God, I pray that your presence would just continue to fall and change the hearts of everybody that's here today. I pray that we leave better than we came, more in love with you, more aware of how much you love us, Father, I pray today that if there's anybody here that has not prayed and that has not received the goodness of your grace, I pray that today would be the day that they say yes and they leave changed, brand new, a son or a daughter of the King. We pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I want to look at three characteristics of praise pulled out of this passage today. Three characteristics of praise. Let's look at the first. In in the first two verses, what we see is that praise is persistent in every season. We see that in verse 1 and 2 when he says that I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. You notice he says it will always be on my lips. Lips, And the reason that he says it that way is because this praise is actually referring to us singing songs. 
praising with our lips, a worship song or a hymn, some type of vocal tune to him. And I want to tell you today, for all the people that are not musical, uh, your praise doesn't have to be in key <laughs> for it to work, okay? You can be all over the place, guys. God just wants to feel your praise. <laughs> That's a good word for somebody in the house today. What do you do when you don't feel like praising God? I think is the question that many of us may be asking, especially in this season that we're in and COVID or um, experiencing great loss, or maybe you've lost your job. I know many of you have, or you've lost a loved one. I also know many of you have. And you're going through just deep pain and deep struggle. And you're saying, in this season in particular, I just don't feel like praise. But you're telling me that I'm supposed to praise in every season, that it continues on. So I'm supposed, his praise is always supposed to be on my lips. I'm supposed to bless him at all times, but I just don't seem to feel it. We like to think of this idea of our ability to praise as if it's being put on a scale based on our circumstances. So I woke up today, so I'm not going to feel it. I'm not going to do it. My bank account is getting lower than I like it, so I'm not going to show up in praise today. But the reality of praise is that we don't get to put it on a scale. Because although our circumstances are changing, his character is never changing. He is still good. He's still gracious. He's still faithful. He's still giving you forgiveness of your sins and a hope for all eternity. He's still giving you a family to belong to. His goodness is worthy of our praise. So that is the posture in which we show up to praise, not based on our circumstances, but based on his character, based on who he is, based on his worthiness. And he is worthy every single day. That is never changing. There's also this idea of praise that if I'm feeling it, I'll do it. But I kind of want to flip the script for us today and say that actually our feelings follow our praise, follow our words. We don't follow our season. We don't follow our feelings. I believe that there's somebody here today that has lost the song in your spirit. And I want to challenge you with something today. Sing anyways. Praise anyways. Lift your voice. Have you ever been in a moment where you were at church and you didn't want to be there? And you showed up and you had a bad attitude? And then all of a sudden, the first song comes on and you're kind of looking around, not into it, but then they play one you kind of know and you're like, all right, fine, I'll do it. You are and you do the way. And you're kind of just like half-heartedly getting into it. And then all of a sudden, Waymaker comes on and you're like, Waymaker, miracle worker. Why is that? It's because your words and your praise brings an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit shows up. And even though you were, you know, maybe a little uh, 
hesitant, the Holy Spirit is relentless and reckless and he's chasing after you. And you lift your praises to him and he shows up in your deepest need. He meets you right where you are. In your darkest hour of praise, he shows up and he meets you on the inside and he begins to tell you that he loves you, (laughs) that it's going to be okay, that you're going to get through this. Don't follow your feelings and praise. Actually, I say we should do the opposite. When we don't feel it, we should praise even harder. When we're in doubt, praise all the more. Put more people around you. Sing even louder. We should be persistent in our praise. Pray when you're angry. Pray when you're afraid. Pray when you're tired. Pray when you don't get the answers you want, when you feel like he's not there, and when you want to walk away. Because his praise will always be on our lips. Also says that I will boast in the Lord. That word boast, the definition is to talk with excessive pride and self-satisfaction about one's achievements, possessions, and abilities. What are, what are you boasting of? And this is something like, you know, I was, I was torn with like how to even present this because I didn't want to be like, you bunch of prideful, arrogant jerks, you know, like you always boasting on how good you are, all your achievements, how, how much body fat you have and like all your like accolades. I don't want to be like that. I just, I just want, I want you to think about that. I want, I want God to reveal that to you. You know what I'm saying? Like reflect on that for like, what are you boasting in? What are you boasting on? I think what you're boasting on is honestly what you talk about. It says right here that to boast is to talk with excessive pride and self-satisfaction. What are you boasting on? The scripture says here to boast in the Lord. To boast in the Lord is to boast from a humble spirit. Not to look what I can get out of it, but what God has done for me. 1 Corinthians 1.31 says, Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. If you're going to boast, then let it be about the Lord. Number two, proclaim the greatness of God. It says to proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let us, let us exalt his name together. Let us sing his praises it's an interesting thing being a dad because when they're young, when they're this age, dad's kind of a big deal. You know, dad can do anything. And I kind of like that stage. You know, the older that they get, though, that, that begins to shift a little bit. Dad turns into like the greatest. He can do anything into, you know, I really don't know that he knows what he's doing. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they see dad around other dads and they're like, actually that dad's kind of a lot stronger than my dad and he's kind of faster and smarter and you know, I really don't know that my dad's all that great. 
And the older we get and the more we mature we get, now later on it begins to shift. When you become a dad, you're kind of like, yeah, he actually wasn't that bad as I thought, you know? I mean, a lot of grace there as a dad on the other side. But the opposite is true looking at our Father in heaven. The longer you mature, the longer you live your life, the more experiences that you have, the greater God becomes. The greater your understanding of his grace becomes over your life because you've been through dark season after dark season after dark season. That after valley after valley and you're like oh whenever you've walked with God for 40 years you're like his grace is so good his goodness is so good that even the times that I have yelled at him and cussed at him and screamed at him he never left me he never deserted me his grace is so undeserving his worth is so good so the more you walk with him then the more you're like oh I just want to talk about the greatness of God I want to sing about the greatness of God. That's why when you see somebody during a worship song and they're just standing there with their hands up, just bawling their eyes out, they're just, they're just thinking about the greatness of God on their lives and how real that is in their current reality. Proclaim the Lord's great, greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. I want to be a people at Pinewood Church that worships passionately. You know, there's nothing wrong with a, you know, a a passive presence, you know, as far as, you know, just standing and just kind of soaking in the moment. But I want to ask about things that you love. Like, let's just, let's just make this real time as far as passion goes. Think of the thing you love the most. If it's a sports team, think of the Broncos, okay? Anybody care about sports like, at all here today? Okay. Think of that team that you love. <laughs> think of that team that you love. If it is Super Bowl Sunday and it's your team and they're about to score a touchdown, are you a passionate worshiper in that moment. You're just like, go team. That's a good word. Or, or, or think of, you know, maybe, I mean, we got a lot of endurance athletes. And, and you're cheering on your favorite endurance athlete, and they're about to cross the finish line, and you're like, you can do it. I believe in you. Nobody. Nobody would say that, hey, that person is, is passionate about that. Passion isn't about being loud or like excessive. It's about showing love. So when you're cheering something on, when you're dancing, when you're singing loud, when you're lifting your hands, it's not about being excessive or being loud. It just is an outpouring of a love that's inside coming out saying, I just, man, I just want to give everything that I have. I want to sing loud. I want to go hard. I want to run around. I want to, I just want to cheer God on because his greatness is that good. That's why I want to be charismatic in our worship, not for show, but because we're trying to just live out the love 
express the love that has been given to us. Ten things that we can praise God for every day. If you're looking for something to praise God for, I just want to give you ten things that you can praise Him for His greatness right now. Salvation. A fresh start. Amen? Purpose. His creation. Eternal life. Peace in any situation. An abundant life. The local church. The word of God. And hope for tomorrow. If you're looking for something to praise God for today, cling on to one of these things, two of these things, three of these things, and lift your praises. Sing of His greatness. And then the final thing is provide answers in relief. Praise provides answers and relief. And in this season, minute by minute, how many of us need answers in relief? We talked about the importance of going to God's Word for wisdom, for guidance, for clarity, to have an encounter with God. But praise does the exact same thing. David, in this moment, whenever he's in a cave, he's saying, I need to seek the Lord's presence. I need to praise for the Lord because I need answers and I need relief. And many of you are searching for answers and relief apart from praise. And I just want to tell you, it's not going to happen. But when you lift your voice, so many, so many of the moments in my life where I needed an encounter from God and I needed direction happened in the middle of praise. You're in the middle of worship and all of a sudden God is like downloading all this vision in your life. Anybody ever felt that before? Is that just me? Okay, there's a few in the house today. I don't know. I don't know. That's Kramer. I don't know what that Kramer, he's just downloading it in my mind. I think so often we seek him when we need him, but do we praise when we need him? Now, I think I want to draw a definite, like a distinction right there. So when we need him, we often seek him, but do we praise him? So to make it extra real in your life, in your darkest hour right now, I believe that you're seeking him. Maybe you're putting in requests. Maybe you're trying to listen. You're trying to lean in. But you're saying, I'm having a hard time praising. Don't follow your feels. Don't follow your circumstances. Lift your voice. Even in your praise, don't seek an answer. He gives the answer. Trust that help is on the way. In your praise, you just focus on the audience of one, face-to-face encounter with God, saying, God, you already know where I am today, and I'm choosing in this moment to lift your name high, to speak of your greatness. Psalms 34, 5 says, No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Because it says right here, Those who look to Him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. Shame destroys, shame distorts, and shame distracts. But our God is not a God of shame. 
When you come to him in your darkest hour, he does not shame you. He graces you. When I called, he answered and he came to my rescue. A rescued person is a radiant person. A rescued person is a radiant person. Have you ever, let's just, as an example, when my wife and I have had a really hard day and our babysitter shows up, come on, we're radiant because we've been rescued. A rescued person is a radiant. We're going on date night. Like it's like we've been rescued. A rescued person is a radiant person. Scripture says that their face radiate with joy. If you've ever been rescued from the darkest hour, you know on the other side you're radiant with joy. It's in your praise when you call on his name that he comes in, he steps in, and he rescues you from your darkest hour. He's not busy. You know how like when you call on your friends and they're busy? and they just don't pick up? Anybody have that friend that they call and they don't answer? I'm that friend. I'm really sorry. Uh, Sometimes I'm busy. (laughs) But hey, I'll come to your rescue, okay? When I call you back, I'll come to your rescue. But the beauty of our God is that when you call, when you praise, He's never busy. He's never out on another side project. He's never in a meeting. He's always right there. He's already leaned into you. He's waiting on you to lean into him. And then in our praise, we have a face-to-face encounter with God. That's all praise is about, is an encounter with God. It's not about the song. It's about his glory. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.